Okay, so today's daf is Ayin Gimel in Yoma. We are at the bottom of Ayin Bet Amud Bet, uh, about one, two, three, four lines from bottom of the Amud. It said that these this outfit of the Kohen Gadol that was mentioned on the previous staff where we described the four gar- the eight garments of the Kohen Gadol, this is what he wears when they would ask questions of the Urim Vitumim. And there are many stories in the, uh, in the Navi specifically that mention this Urim Vitumim. It's very mysterious exactly what it was. The Gemara is going to discuss it a little bit more up uh, soon. But the, uh, right now it's going to mention first that the Kohen Gadol, in order to use the Urim Vitumim, he has to wear the Choshen Hamishpat. He has to be wearing the eight Begadim because one of the Begadim, one of the garments is the Choshen, which is the vehicle of the Urim Vitumim, uh, you know, uh, messages. Rabbeinu, the Urim Vitumim is the original one from Moshe Rabbeinu that passed through the Churban. There's a discussion about whether they were able to make other ones or not. I think they were able to make other ones later on. I don't think it has to be the original one. I don't think so. I don't think that it has to be. But they, I, there's a discussion about whether they had it in Bayit Sheni or not. Some say yes, some say no. But uh, before that, it seems like, I don't think it was the original one passed down. I think it was new. Um, so, he, so Rav Dimi said in the name of Rav Yochanan the following uh, Rav Dimi himself actually said, um, it's attributed to Rav Yochanan later. So Rav Dimi said that the clothing that the Kohen Gadol serves in, this is the same clothing that Meshuach Milchama. Meshuach Milchama is the Kohen that would go out to war. That's mentioned in the, it's mentioned in the Torah that when they would go out to war, a specific Kohen who was anointed for that purpose would come out and would, like Pinchas was the Meshuach Milchama, um, and uh, who went with the with the army out to uh, out to war? <clears throat> so he's, the, he's in the first line. Am I right? I, I don't know where he where he stands, but he goes he with them. Yeah, yeah, he goes and he makes a speech about how they have to trust in Hashem, and the, you know, and if anybody is afraid, they have to go home. So the uh, so, but the Meshuach Milchama is a special Kohen. He's different than any other Kohen. He's a higher level. Is the point? In other words, there's Kohen. We usually just think of two categories: Kohen Gadol. Kohen Idiot, regular Kohen, Kohen Gadol. No, Meshuach Milchama is actually closer to Kohen Gadol in status than, uh, than regular Kohen. And so Rav Dimi says, if the Kohen Meshuach Milchama serves in the Bet HaMikdash in any capacity, he has to wear the eight garments just like the, uh, the Kohen Gadol. Okay, the, the Kohen Meshuach Milchama is the same as the uh, Kohen Gadol in that respect. And he learns it from this, uh, from this source here. Now, Rashi actually quotes the longer version of the Braita. Um, that you know, from which a lot of these halachot are drawn. But the main point is that that it says the big day kodesh. These, this clothing that belongs to Aaron will be for his children after him. The for the one who comes after him in greatness. Meaning for the it's not only for Aaron. They're making a drasha because it says banav achrav. It doesn't just say lebanav. It says achrav. Achrav means the person who's standing after him. Meaning the Rosh Milchama who's just under him in terms of level of kedusha. He's also as she says hi achrav kray yiterahu the midrash ba kol. Gedulot, nohagod bezar oachrav, meaning all the all the all the greatnesses or all the gedulot, the great things that are practiced with his children. The meshoch milchama is 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 that's a, considered a distinction, and he's going to wear the big day kehuna of the of the kohen gadol. Now, Mativ Rav Ada Barava Amrela Kedi Rav Ada Barava objected, and some say it was an anonymous objection. Yacholiy benosh meshoch milchama mishemesh tachtav kederchib benosh kohen gadol mishemesh tachtav. You might have thought that just like the kohen gadol is 
in usually his position is inherited by his child. That's normally um, if the child of the Kohen Gadol is worthy of being Kohen Gadol, rather than choose another Kohen, we choose the son of the previous Kohen Gadol if he's worthy. So you might think the same thing would be true of the Mashuach Milchama. So Talmud Lomar, So the, the, the Pasuk tells you no, that this idea of succession that it follows from father to son. Now, obviously, Kehuna fathers follows from father to son, but I'm saying the position of Kohen Gadol, that we usually choose a son of the previous Kohen Gadol. We could go for any Kohen to be Kohen Gadol. Why does it have to be from the son? Like, uh, it could be any Kohen that could be Kohen Gadol. We always choose the son if he's worthy of it. So that says only, Asher Yavo El Oil Moed, Misher Oil El Oil Moed. Right, so the the only the person who comes into oil moed, in other words, the kohen gadol passes his position on to the next generation to his son. But the mashoch milchama who doesn't come el oil moed, who doesn't come into the uh, into the uh, kodesh kodeshim and yom kippur, as she says. In other words, he doesn't have the status of the kohen gadol. He doesn't pass his position on to his child automatically. Somebody else could be mashoch milchama. Could be any kohen. Somebody else. Right? Uh, yeah, they do Mashiach. It's called Mashuach Melchama because they pour oil. That I don't know. That I don't know. But they chose him. That's, the point is it doesn't go by the sun. But it says, Ve'im ita, If you're telling me that the, the Mashuach Melchama also, when he serves in the Bet HaMikdash, he wears the, the big day Kehunav Kohen Gadol, if that's true. So Mechzach then also the Kohen Mashuach Melchama um, is on the same sta- you know, on the same level basically as the coin uh, gadol. So why doesn't he pass on his status to the next generation? In other words, you're telling me that basically when the mashuach milchama serves in the Beit Hamikdash, he has because he has a special anointing. It's done to him like a coin gadol. So therefore, somehow he's on the same status as coin gadol. He wears the same garments as coin gadol. So why doesn't he also pass the position to his son? Because you're saying that only one who serves as coin gadol passes the position onto the son. But according to this, he basically does. If he serves in the Beit Hamikdash, he serves as a coin like a coin gadol with the eight garments. So the answer is, what that, what that drasha means is to, doesn't include the Mashuach Milchama. Why? Because even though it's true that the Mashuach Milchama serves, when he serves in the Beit HaMikdash, he serves with the, with the eight garments of the Kohen Gadol, and therefore he's similar to the Kohen Gadol, more similar than he is to a regular Kohen, but his Mishicha, his designation, his appointment is for Milchama. It's not for going and doing the Avodah of Yom Kippur. And so, since we're saying that whether you pass the position on to your child is dependent upon whether you serve as Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur, whether that's your primary job, not just the fact that when you, that if you wore the eight garments, if you served in the Beit HaMikdash, you would wear the eight garments. That's not enough. It has to be that your primary job is going gadol. Now, we have a brighter that says, and actually we learned a little bit about this in Masechah Torah Yot, but it says that the Kohen Mashoch Milchama does not serve with either. He cannot serve in the Bet HaMikdash at all. He can't wear the four garments of the regular Kohen, and he can't wear the eight of the Kohen Gadol. Now we'll see why. What's the reason? Um, so Amar le Abaye, Abaye said, Elazar Mashvitle. Are you saying that he's not a Kohen? I mean, according to why can't he serve at all? How could you say he can't serve in either one? I mean, either he's a Kohen Gadol or he's a regular Kohen, but how could you say he can't serve at all? That you're making him a non Kohen. He said, so the answer is, Ela ke Kohen Gadol Mishum Eva. The answer is that when it comes to Kohen Gadol, he can't because of Eva, because a Kohen Gadol is going to be like, why is this guy uh, taking my position? Why is he wearing my clothes? You know, and if he does as a Kohen Gadol, that's too low because he got elevated higher than a regular Kohen. So he's stuck. In other words, 
What does that mean? That means basically what Abaye is saying is agreeing with Rav Dimi. So Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak thought it was a contradiction because look, it says he can't serve in the eight garments, but then he can't also serve in the four garments. So Abaye says, that's not telling you that he can't do it because he's not really able to do it. That's telling you he can't do it because he shouldn't do it. Why? Because he's going to offend the Kohen Gadol. But really, actually, it supports Rav Dimi that if he is going to serve, if he were going to serve, he would have to serve in the eight garments. It's just that we don't let him because he's going to insult the Kohen Gadol. He's going to be like, why are you bringing in somebody right in front of me, you know, serving in my, in my position, right? So therefore, Amale Rav Adabarava, Barava, but we have a source of a, a particular Tana that doesn't worry about Eva. I Meaning he isn't usually, you're telling me like this, that really Rav Dimi is right. Really the Kohen Meshoch Milchama should serve in the eight garments like a Kohen Gadol. But we don't let him. Why? Because he's going to offend the, 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 the real Kohen Gadol, right? So, but here is an example of a Tana, of a, uh, of a source, one of the Tanaim, who does not... Doesn't worry about offense given to the Kohen Gadol and still says that the Mashoch Milchama can't wear the eight garments. Where do we see that? Detanya, we see in the Brayta, Dvarim Shebin Kohen Gadol Kohen Adyot. Here are the things that distinguish a Kohen Gadol from a regular Kohen. Now, this is redundant. Par Kohen Mashiach Uparabal Kolamitzvot is the same thing. In other words, that means that if a Kohen Gadol makes a ruling in Halacha, and it's a mistake. And he follows his own halachic ruling and he, and it turns out to be a mistake. So he brings the, se- the special korban called par, uh, of habal uh, kol mitzvot, it's called, or uh, it could be called kar, par, usually it's called par kohen mashiach. The point is that it's a, it, no, he only brings a par. Only par? Yeah. So he, he brings only par. And that is if he makes a mistake on a serious, uh, avera that he did. <laughs> That he made, a, you know, he made a ruling that was erroneous and he followed it, okay? That, a regular Kohen doesn't have that such concept, okay? Now that, that par, actually, it's brought into the Kodesh. The blood is brought into the Kodesh. It's a very, it's one of the chata'ot that has to be burnt outside because the blood is brought into the Kodesh. That's a special thing we learned about in Masechat A regular Kohen who makes a mistake doesn't have to do that. Opar Yom Kippurim. Similarly, the Kohen Gadol brings on Yom Kippur a par as part of the Avodah, like we learned, the par that he does a confession on. A regular Kohen doesn't do that. Vasiri Taifa. He brings a ten of an ephah flower every single day. We know that that's the minchat chavitin, it's called the minchav, the kohen gadol every day. The regular kohen doesn't have to do it. Lo porea, velo porem. He doesn't have to grow his hair out long if he, um, if he becomes an avel, if he has a death in the family. Velo porem, he doesn't tear his garments. Aval porem, but the kohen gadol does tear a little bit on the bottom, like on the bottom hem of his garment. He tears a little bit, but he doesn't tear on the top because he's not supposed to show any avelut too publicly. Um, and umit, and also vayediot milamala, and a regular kohen just tears normally. Not the big day not obviously. We're talking about the regular clothing. He, meaning the kohen gadol doesn't tear at all um, in a public way because he's supposed to show um, that he is a, above. He transcends the avelut. Ven mitamelekovav, and a kohen gadol obviously doesn't become tamei for his uh, relatives at all, as we know. Umituvala betula. He also has to. He has a. He's mituvala betula. He has to uh, marry a woman who's never been married before, a virgin. He can't even marry a widow. Um, if he dies, then all of the um, the accidental killers who are in the Arei Miklat get released and they get to come home. And he's allowed to uh, bring korbanot even when he's an Onen, meaning even if his family member died that day, normally a Kohen Hediot 
a regular Kohen whose family member died that day and he's onen, he can't do anything in the Bet HaMikdash. But the Kohen Gadol could bring ve'enochel. He's just not allowed to eat from the Korbanot. Ve'enocholek. And he's not allowed to uh, even divide up the Korbanot of that day. If he's an onen that day and he did offer some Korban, he doesn't get any portion of those Korbanot. Ve'enotel chelek barosh. In general, if he's involved in the Bet HaMikdash on a regular day, he gets to take the first portion of the Korban that he wants. Umakriv chelek barosh. And he gets to offer first. Umeshamesh mishmona kelim. And he serves wearing eight garments. Upatur on tumat mikdash vekodeshav. And he's patur if he commits a trespass of the rules of tumat mikdash vekodeshav. Why is that? We learned in Masechet Oriyot basically because since that is an example of a sin where you bring a korban olevi red. You bring a sliding scale korban. And the, and the Kohen doesn't, and the Kohen Gadol doesn't bring that kind of korban because he only brings a sin offering of his, a very special type. He doesn't bring a sin, an ordinary sin offering. So therefore, if he accidentally went to the Beit HaMikdash when he was Tamei and he forgot or whatever, he doesn't have to bring any korban for that. And all of the avodah of Yom Kippur is only kasher through the Kohen Gadol, right? And now the point is all of these things that we just read are the things that make a Kohen Gadol different from a regular Kohen, right? Right, what? Right, or more strict or, you know, depending how you look at it, maybe he'll say it's not superior because he loves his family and he wants to be able to go to the funeral. I don't know. It's maybe subjective, but all of them apply to the meaning in the times of Baicheni, they didn't have Shemen Amishcha. They didn't have anointing oil for the Kohen Gadol. They just put on the eight garments and putting, wearing the garments made you Kohen Gadol. That's called Merubeh Begadim. They all apply to the Merubeh Begadim. Chutz mi parabal kol mitzvot. They, except for the parabal kol mitzvot. Since it calls the Kohen Gadol, in that case, HaKohen HaMashiach Yecheta. Right? It calls him the anointed Kohen. That if the Kohen, that is, the Kohen Gadol that is anointed with oil um, makes an error, so then he has to bring a special korban under all the circumstances that are laid out in Masachat Horayot. It has to be a certain type of sin and a certain type of, uh, and so on. But the, the point is that only applies to the Kohen HaMashiach that has the anointing oil. But in Bait Sheni, where they didn't have that and they just installed the Kohen Gadol by wearing the gar- garments, it wouldn't apply. Now, all of this isn't up to our point yet. Our point is the next part. It was a special shaman that they had from Moshe Rabbeinu time. That was put away with the Aaron. So they don't have it anymore. So that's why. And all of these mitzvot also apply to Mashuach Shavar, meaning if the Kohen Gadol retires um, early, meaning he retires and somebody else takes over, so he never can go back to being a regular Kohen again once he was a Kohen Gadol because you can't be Moridin, but you can only be Malin Velo Moridin. But the Kohen Gadol that is active has certain things. So Kohen Mashuach Shavar means once you are the Kohen Gadol, you never can like say, well, now I'm going to marry a, a widow now. No, because you were a Kohen Gadol. You were on a higher level of Kedusha. You can't go lower. Right? But the Kohen Gadol, so then what's the difference between the active Kohen Gadol and the retired one? That Chutz Mipar Yom Kippurim Taifa. That, the only difference there is that the bull of Yom Kippur and the daily Mincha that the Kohen Gadol has to bring every single day, that the tenth of an Efa that the Kohen Gadol has to bring every day, those two things, only the active Kohen Gadol is responsible for. Meaning, even if you have a Kohen Gadol Emeritus, you know, so to speak, who is retired, he doesn't have to bring a bull on Yom Kippur as part of the Avodah, only the active Kohen Gadol. And he doesn't have to bring every single day the Asiri Taifa from his house, because that was the Kohen Gadol had to contribute that himself. 
Right. The, the, the emeritus doesn't have to do that. Only the active one. Okay? Now, v'chulan e'nan no'agot v'mashuach milchama. And none of these rules apply, okay, to the mashuach milchama. Like we said, the mashuach milchama, the one who is um, uh, anointed for going out to war, is more similar to a Kohen Gadol because he's at a higher level. The, the only things that apply to him are chutz mechamishat varim amorim beparasha. The five things that are explicitly said in the Torah regarding the Kohen Gadol are uh, applied to the uh, to the mashuach milchama lo porea. He doesn't tear his garments if he has a uh, death in the family. Velo porem. He does. I'm sorry. He doesn't grow his hair out. Velo porem. He doesn't tear his garments. Velo mitamelekovav. He does not become tamei for his family. So even though that doesn't, in other words, in that way he's like a kohen gadol. Even if his immediate relatives die, he doesn't go and become tamei. Um tzuvel betula. He must marry only a virgin. Um muzara la almana, and he's not allowed to marry a widow. Um achzirat arotech kedera biyuda. According to even if the Mashuach Milchama dies, all of the murderers who are the accidental murderers in Arei Miklat get released. The rabbis say no, that, um, that the Mashuach Milchama dying does not, does not free the murderers. Now the main point is that, what, that basically everything written explicitly in the Torah about the Kohen Gadol, that's not Torah Shebaal Peh, that's written explicitly, that applies to Mashuach Milchama um, in terms of the restrictions on the person of the Kohen Gadol. But in the, all of the things that he offers, like the, the, right, the bowls that he has to offer, the, uh, the, the, the flower, that doesn't apply. But anything that, that pertains to the holiness of the Kohen Gadol in his person, that he doesn't become Tamei, that he doesn't, uh, you know, that he has to marry a certain uh, type of woman, those things apply to Mashuach Milchama also. Now, the thing... Wherever he wants, but, but doesn't matter. He does not come to Beit Hamikdash anymore. Who? The Moshiach Milchama. He never did before. I mean, he, I, I don't. Once he, he becomes a point as Moshiach Milchama, I guess he stays. You know, he's he's like uh, he's like a uh, uh, chaplain or something. You know, he's, he's he he works for the army. He's like uh, Rav Goren before uh, became chief rabbi. You know, he's like the rabbi of the army or whatever. Yeah. Something like that. If these huh? items are listed, including the item that the. Um, Prisoner, the prisoner, the Iron Clat uh, mm-hmm. prisoners, they get released. Why are there a machlokah on the fifth one? Why is there a machlokah on that? If, if it's explicitly mentioned in the Torah. Oh, because it's not, because the question would, there would be, if the death of the Kohen Gadol is only significant, uh, you know, because somebody with the Kiddushav Kohen Gadol, in other words, if that has to do with the person of the Kohen Gadol dying, so that would be one thing, but if it has to do with the Kohen Gadol in his official capacity in service, dying, you know, it depends. Like, how do you look at it? The Mashoch Milchama is like a gray area. He's kind of like a Kohen Gadol as a person because he observes those rules, but in terms of service, he's not really like a Kohen Gadol. So there would be a question there. Yeah, that's the machlok. And, and only but the, the Kohen Gadol who's installed wears the, gar, the golden garments. No, right? no, that was what you missed. We're saying that Mashuach Milchama technically would also wear the golden garments if he served in the Beit Hamikdash, but he doesn't because it's going to offend the, the real Kohen Gadol. Now, now, the, so the point is though, what do we see here that we that it doesn't mention. Wearing the eight garments in this brayta, right. right? It doesn't mention it, and yet um, the uh, we see that there's no concern here about the um, because you see that the the mashuach she'avar it talks about it says that the um, uh, that the mashuach uh, she'avar meaning the 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 retired mashuach milchama if you I'm saying it's a retired coin uh, gadol uh, if he wants to come back and serve according to this brayta there's no problem. He just doesn't have the obligations of the uh, of the Kohen Gadol. But if he came back and served, it would be okay. But it doesn't say that about the Mashuach Milchama. And this bright that doesn't mention the Mashuach Milchama wearing the eight garments. 
right? But it does say that if the, if the former, if the emeritus going Gadol wants to come back and serve, it would be okay. So you see that he's not worried about Eva. He's not worried about that the current Kohen Gadol is going to feel that the, that the emeritus Kohen Gadol is making him uncomfortable, you know, taking his position back. He's not going to feel that way. And yet, it doesn't say that the, that the Mashoch Milchama could wear the eight garments. So you see that the Mashoch Milchama just doesn't wear the eight garments. Not like what Rav Dimi said. So the Gemara answers, no, that's different because No, the, really, the reason why, we're going to go back to what we said before, that the, really the Mashoch Milchama should be wearing the eight garments like Rav Dimi said. The only thing is that that the Kohen Gadol might not feel offended if somebody on his own level comes back. Meaning if the emeritus, like, it's, it's like if you're in a position that there's somebody that held it before and they come back for one day, they're retired, you're not going to be upset. It's the same thing. It's like, a, you know, sometimes you have rabbi emeritus. Oh, he comes back to his former congregation. visit. Nobody cares about that. That's okay. Nobody thinks he's going to come back. Right. But the Mashoch Milchama, who's lower than the Kohen Gadol, for him to come in and wear the eight garments, maybe he's going to be offended by that. Right, so therefore, that's why he doesn't serve with the eight garments. Technically, he would, but he doesn't. Okay, so therefore, he can't do anything because since he's really obligated to wear the eight garments, so he can't serve with the four, but he can't serve with the eight because it's going to offend the Kohen Gadol, and we're worried about the sensitivities of the Kohen Gadol feeling, you know, displaced. Now, Yatif Rabbi Abau, the Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Abau told over what Rabbi Dimi said, but in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Ami and Rabbi Asi turned their backs to him, meaning they, they didn't believe that this came from uh, Rabbi Yochanan, but they didn't say anything. They just turned their face away. They ignored him. Some say that no, it was Rabbi Chiyabar Abba that said it over in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Not only in the name of Rabbi, Rabbi Dimi, but in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. And they turned away and they uh, didn't respond. They did not give him any um, answer, but they obviously didn't think that it came from Rabbi Yochanan. They thought it was not legit. Now, we understand why Rabbi Ami and Rabbi Asi wouldn't want to get into an argument with Rabbi Abahu if they thought that Rabbi Yochanan wasn't really the author of that statement. They didn't want to get an argument with him because of because Rabbi Abahu was a big shot. He worked for the government. He worked for the Caesars, not the, uh, not the, um, not the Caesars Palace, the casino. We're talking about, you know, the real, yeah. right? He worked for the big casino. He was, a, he was a big, uh, he was a big shot. They didn't want to mess with him. But, Elo, the Rabbi Chiyabar Abba, Nimrule Meymar, Loam Rabbi Yochanan, So why didn't they, but to Rabbi Chiyabar Abba, why didn't they just go back, go and tell him that they didn't think Rabbi Yochanan said it? Why couldn't they, uh, why couldn't they say it? Uh, in, you know, in other words, why couldn't they respond and say that uh, uh, we don't think that uh, we don't think that Rabbi Yochanan um, uh, really said that, right? Mm. So it says ki. Uh, so um, uh, one second, where was I? Right? Ki Ravinamar nishal itmar. Ravin said that no. What was said was not that the Kohen the uh, the um, that that the Milchama uh, is. Uh, 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 is going to serve in the Beit Hamikdash with the eight garments. What he said was that when the Mashuach Milchama is asked for the Urim, Urim Vitumim, he has to wear the eight garments. That's what he said. Like Rashi says, Hashoel, 
So it says, Kiyatar Avin, Amar, Lav Mishamesh Ben Itmar, Ela Nishal Ben Itmar, Begadim Shikohen Gadol Mishamesh Ben Mashoch Melchama Nishal, Kishyotze La Melchama, Vinishal Borim Ptumim. In other words, if the Kohen, the Mashoch Melchama comes with the army out to the war and the king is there or whoever, and he wants to ask a question of the Urim Ptumim, so the Mashoch Melchama, the Kohen Gadol didn't come with him, he was in the Bet Amigash. The Mashoch Melchama would wear these garments and he would answer the questions using the Urim Ptumim. Right? So that, that's what it was talking about. It was talking about the, going and serving in the eight garments. That wasn't the same. Yeah, I guess they had in every one of in every one that had like an eight garment setup. So they uh, they had the orim v'tumim in there, right? So uh, right, yeah, they they could hypothetically have multiple ones. We we don't know, right? So the um, so. Uh, so the point is that he's saying he's changing. He's saying it's not about mishamish. He doesn't serve in the eight garments. He uh, because he doesn't serve in the eight. Meaning he's not going to serve in the eight garments at all. He's not going to serve at all in either one because of uh, because of offense. Right? What it, what it meant was nishal. He's asked. The only thing was asked like that. Tanya Miachi. We learned similarly in a brayta. But Gadim going gadol mishamish ben mishoch melchama nishal bet. Now that the mishoch melchama serves in them, because we see now that the mishoch melchama doesn't serve at all in the bet mikdash because he can't serve in the eight garments and he can't serve in the four garments. Or so Avdimi could not be right to say that he actually serves in the eight garments, even if in theory he's right that he should serve in the eight garments if he did serve, but he doesn't serve. So what it meant was nishalin that he's asked in them. Tanu abanan ketzad shoalin. So the person asking the question faces the Kohen. And the face of the person who's being asked, meaning the Kohen, is facing the Shekhinah, meaning his face is towards the divine presence that is on the Urim V'tumim. In other words, he's looking at the Choshen, Rashi says what it means. The Shoel will say, It's quoting Psukim, right? That where, the, where, the, where David HaMelech asked, Should I chase after this group? And the uh, and the nishal meaning the kohen will say um, uh, that uh, you know we'll, and and then it's going to call the nishal omer ko amar hashem so says hashem uh, go up and uh, do it right alev atzlach go and and you'll be successful right right so uh, what. Except this is a little bit different because this is actually sanctioned by, by the Torah. It says to ask the You don't ask the question out loud. It says he asks himself because when Moshe Rabbeinu, when Hashem is telling Moshe Rabbeinu that he's giving over the leadership to Yoshua, he says that he's going to ask um, the, uh, in the judgment of the Urim before Hashem. So it says, He's going to ask himself, meaning when you say it, you say it to yourself. But you don't just think it, you have to say it. That he, he asks himself, meaning that he asks, he does it like the way that, um, that one is done, one does tefillah. Rashi says, Ela yotzi bisfatav ma sho, sho, uh, uh, shoel. He has to say it out loud because it says, Al piv yetzuv, al piv yavo. So Rashi says, really, it should quote the next pasuk, that on his, on, uh, you know, by his mouth, they will go out and come in. Meaning, by his mouth means that when Yoshua will ask questions from the Urim Vitumim, he will use his mouth, meaning he has to articulate it, but he says it quietly. Okay? That, so, um, Ela kederech she'amrat chana betfilata. In other words, it's like the way that Chana would, uh, would, spoke, that she spoke quietly, but aloud. It was aloud, but it was quiet. So meaning it was to herself, but it was quiet. So in the same way, that's how you ask the question to the Urim V'tumim. You don't say it out loud um, for everyone to hear. <laughs> 
They couldn't understand. I think it means, right, only she heard it. That's what it means. The person asked her, that's what it means. And tefillah also, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be able, you're supposed to be able to hear, but nobody else is supposed to be able to hear. Right? It's supposed to be soft enough, no one else can. I think so, one of his sons. That's why they went out to the... uh, I don't know if they were able to, because in order for them to ask Orim Bitumim, the person who has Orim Bitumim has to have uh, Ruach HaKodesh. And I don't think that that, uh, his sons were bad guys, so I doubt that they had Ruach HaKodesh. They had some other kind of Ruach. (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah, I assume so. Um, he that was when he was that yeah, but he's a Kohen Gadol. They're yeah. saying about a Mashuach Milchama that one of the sons probably was. That's why they went. Out. Didn't he went out to recover the? No, the, the sons wagon. went. The sons went and they got killed in the war. Remember, and then the wagon comes back, gets sent back to Beit Shemesh. Remember, mm. yeah. And then he, so, he fell back. He, that he fell back in the beginning when they when he heard that the uh, Aaron was taken. Oh, Aaron. Yeah, and yeah. You can't ask two things at the same time. And if you did, they're only going to answer you one. So you can't answer. You can't. You, you can't. And they're only going to answer the first. Because when uh, that's a pasuk where David Melech wants to know, are the people of Keilah that he trusted? They were like the people that knew he was hiding out there. Are they going to? Uh, are they going to expose me? Are they going to hand me over? And, and is Shaul going to come down? And Hashem said, Yered. Vayom Hashem Yered, he's going to come down. One question limit. Right, one question limit. So, Vaha Amrat, but there's a more basic problem here. Vahamrat in Machzion El Rishon. But you said that he always answers the first question, and that's the second question. You quoted a Pasuk to show that he only answers the first question, but it's actually he, he answered the second one. Because he said, I guess, uh, are the people of Kila going to hand me over? And his show going to come down? And he answered only the second one. It means that right? So it says, well, it says, David, right? the thing is, David Sha'al Shelo Kesedir. Because David asked the wrong uh, order. Because the question isn't, meaning the question is only relevant if Shaul is coming down. Right? So therefore, Bechzirolo Kesedir. In other words, yeah, he only answered the first question, meaning the question that should have been first. <laughs> first the first question is, is Shaul coming? If so, will they hand me over? Not, are they going to hand me over and then is Shaul coming? Because what, the, what do you mean hand me over if Shaul doesn't come? If so that was. What? They did hand him over, so he ran away. No, no, no. How, how does the reply? What, We're going to explain, don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Since he saw. That because since all the Urim Bitumim said is yes, Shaul is coming, but that wasn't my question. My question was, are the people of Kila going to hand me over, right? So uh, and is Shaul going to come down? So he says yes, Shaul is going to come down. Yeah, but what about the first que- part of the question? So he says ah. So then she, then he changed his question. Then he asked, will the people of Kila hand us over? And Hashem said yes, they're going to, and that's why he has to run away again. Right, so they, that's Now, if the question requires two things, in other words, if it's a question that only one, there's, it's really, it's two ways of saying the same thing. In other words, the two components are are really one question. It's not really two questions, just expressed in two things. For example, uh, and then then you'll get the two answers. Like uh, here, when uh, when David asked, "Vaishal David Bashem lemor erdof Meaning, should I chase after them? Will I catch them? It's, it's, he's asking, is it worth chasing after them? Will I catch them? It's really the same question, because if I'm going to catch them, then I'll chase after them. 
right? That's a, so it's really two questions, but it's really one question. And in that case, Hashem said to him, You're going to, you're going to be able to succeed. Right? Even though a Navi might say something and it might be reversed, like Yonah uh, or something like that. The uh, the orim v'tumim is always right. Shenemar b'mishpat orim because it says the mishpat of the orim that it is judgment and uh, meaning that it's final. Okay, so uh, uh, so then the uh, so ve'lamanikasheman orim v'tumim. So why is it called anyway orim v'tumim? Orim shemirinet divrehen. It's called orim because the words light up. Okay, meaning that it explains, it explains its message. We're going to see what that means in a second. And tumim shemashlimin adivrehen. And it's called tumim because whatever it does from the word tam, to complete. In other words, everything that it says, everything that the woman would say is final, is absolute. Okay, shemashlimin adivrehen. Ve'im tomar begiv'at bin yamib mashlo ishlimo. Now this is a famous question. Uh, in the case of Pilegish begiva, when they, when all of the shvatim unite together to fight bin yamin, the first two times they lose, even though the Urim Bitumim says, yeah, you should go and uh, you should go fight. And they say, OK. And the first time they go and they and they lose. And the second time they go, and they lose again. Only the third time they win. So how could it be? You're telling me the Urim Bitumim is never wrong. Right. So. Uh, so how could that be? Since the first two times that they Did went to fight the first time, they, what? It said gonna win. The won. first two times they said, go, should we go up? And Hashem said, go up. They didn't say, are we going to win? Uh-huh. Right? So, uh, so that's a, That was because they didn't make a distinction whether they were going to win or not. In other words, they didn't say, should we, uh, should we go up? Are we going to win? Like David said, am I going to win? Am I going to catch them? Right? They didn't say, should, should we go up? And they were assuming. And that's part of the what, story. The garbage in, garbage out? Part of the, no, part of the story, part of the story is that, um, is that part of the difficulty in the story or part of the chet of the people is that they were very self-righteous and they thought, oh, if we just go fight and we believe in our cause, we're going to win. Hashem is on our side no matter what. Even though they had a lot of chataim that they were doing, they had all kinds of avodazwa going on and they still assumed because they were, you know, that they were fighting and they were, they were, uh, they had God on their side. Right. Right, because they're doing a, some, because it's a just cause, Hashem is going to be with us, but it's not so simple. Right, that's part of the story. So they didn't bother asking, are we going to win? So it's also a punishment for them because as Hashem allowed, you know, these, uh, Hashem, uh, they were, they were okay with the Avodazo in their midst, but they weren't okay with the Pelegish Begiva. They were being selective. So it says, But in the end, when they made, when they asked and they were, dis- they dis- that, that distinction was made, then it was agreed upon. And, and that, at that time, Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Akoin was still around, and they said, "Okay." And so they asked that time, "Should I continue to fight? I've already lost two times. Should I continue to fight against my brother Benjamin, uh, or should I stop?" Go, because tomorrow I'm going to give him into your hands. In other words, the idea is that the third time, because they, they questioned, are we actually going to win? So then Hashem said, you're going to win, 
right? Because they were doubting their cause. They were doubting whether they should continue, right? Some say actually an interesting shot. I've seen a shot that's a little bit unconventional that why does it only mention Pinchas in the last one? Because it says maybe the first two times the Urim Bitumim they were consulting. This isn't what the Gemara says. The Gemara says it was the real Urim Bitumim the first time, first two times also. But there's one interpretation that the first two Urim Bitumim was from Pesel Micha. Because remember they had also a Kohen that had an Ephod and everything, a fake, the fake Kohen. So maybe that was the reason. And then finally they brought the real Kohen and that's why they got a better answer. Huh? The Pinchas that we know. There's, there's only one. No, because if you look at the Mephoshim, they say that the story really happened earlier in history. It really started earlier. Yeah. So now it explains. Ketzad Naset. How did it work? Rabbi Yochanan Amar Boletot. He said that the that the the letters would protrude out. Okay. Um, for example, Rashi says, Ayin Mishimon, Lamed Mi Levi, Yud Mi Yehuda, or Hey Mi Yehuda, rather, to say Ale. Okay, meaning it didn't move, but it, it like but stuck out, it protruded, right? right but you right have thing. to figure out the right order, Hold right? Reish Lakish Omer Mitzterfot. Reish Lakish says, meaning, yeah, I think it's more of a, um, it's a vision that the Kohen Gadol has because it's saying Yadav Rocha Kodesh. I don't, you know, so it's like, I don't think anybody else could see it. Only the Kohen could see well, it. He right? Like he would this, see so. it light up. So if he saw, so Yochanan, just the letters, and then he would have to put the letters in the right order. That's why it says, you know, about Elia Kohen, Shikorak, Shirai, mixed up letters. You know, that the, um, here, according uh, to Rish Lakish, though, that wouldn't be an issue because it says Mitzrafot, they also appear in the right order. So he's like watching like a 3D, uh, 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 presentation. He's looking at it. Right, yeah. right, so he would have to have a different interpretation of that, obviously. Yeah. He would have to have a different interpretation of that one. He wouldn't be able to have it. Okay. So that's. Yeah. So now, but there's no tzadi in all the names of the. Uh, 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 or and and uh, the grass says vechet vikuf. There's also no chet and there's no kuf in the names of the uh, of the uh, of the uh, twelve tribes. All that's written in the twelve. He's not one of the twelve tribes. Yeah, yeah. Right, so that, that's the whole point. Right, so meaning the Gemara is starting from the assumption that what's written in the Torah, that there's only the Shiftei Yisrael out there, only the Shnei Masar Shiftei Yisrael, nothing else. Oh, yeah. So if there's only 12 Shvatim, so you're going to be missing a lot of letters. So it's Amar Shmuel Bar Yitzchak, Avraham Yitzchak Yaakov, Ketiv Shan. They also had the names Avraham Yitzchak and Yaakov on the Choshen. Ve'alo Ketiv Tet, you're still not going to have a Tet then. So, so then what are you going to do? Amar Avachabar Yaakov, Shiftei Yishurun, Ketiv Shan. So there you have, you have Avraham Yitzchak Yaakov, and you have the words Shiftei Yishurun, the the uh, tribes of Yishurun, and then you have the twelve tribes' names, and then you have all the letters that you need. Okay, now kid, now Medve, there is an objection. Call Kohen. Have the uh, Aleph Bet and just finish with. Why do you have to have the voice? Because the names of the Shvatim. What do you mean? You know, but you have to make sure that you have. The Torah says that's what the Choshen is. The Choshen is the names. So it's not gonna, it's not just a like a phone like it has numbers and letters yeah oh we yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah engraved then they engraved all the names and it says on the top and it sh- if you, right so each different stones were associated with different shvati uh, but you have to yeah it doesn't say in the Torah exactly which one is which but if you look in the midrashim it say and the, you'd see the pictures I think there's some different I think there's some yeah I think that there's also also, some some argument about some of the which stone went with which, but you, yeah, it's a, a discussion about on the top. 
I think it was on the top. Not on the stone. Yeah, no, not on the stone. But it also had to light up somehow. Yeah, but it also had to light up. How can it blink? What do you mean blink? He see when he looks at it, he sees the letters light up that are important for the message, or like stick out, and 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 then and then he has to either figure out how to unscramble it according to Rabbi Yochanan, or or it scram or it unscrambles it. It auto corrects. It says in the Torah they engrave the names of the Shvatim. Yeah, look at doesn't don't you have a picture of the of the Choshen over there? I thought you had a book the other day. Oh, but if you it, it has the names on there. I'm sure it has. It. I'm sure it has it. Yeah. So anyway, so now the main direction rejection. Kol kohen shenomid the beruach hakodesh shchinas shoralav any kohen that doesn't have ruach hakodesh and the shchinas on him and sholinbo he cannot use the the urim which is a sign like what the Rambam says that really it's a vision that the kohen gadol has when he looks at it. It's not it's not a physical thing. Shalish al tzadok because Tadoka Kohen was able to use the Urim Vitumim, but Eviatar, another Kohen who had fallen out of favor, uh, was not able to. He wasn't able to um, uh, to do it. So the question is, the reason why the Gemara is bringing this is, according to Rashi's interpretation, if you say that the letters lit up and were and were sticking out of the Urim Bitumim, so why, or out of the Choshen, why do you need to have the Kohen Gadol have Rocha Kodesh? Right, so it wouldn't be necessary. So the answer is see. So that's why it says see you a hava misayabadayu that the kohen used. In other words, he it was a combination of the kohen gadol and the orim v'tumim that created the message. You needed both. The kohen needs to have a certain level of rocha kodesh is able to see the message. Right. It's like you. It's like if you go to the three D movie, but you don't put the glasses on. Right? So you have to have the 3D movie and also the glasses. Then he's able to see it. So the glasses, so to speak, is that he has Rocha Kodesh. He's able to see it. Otherwise, he won't see it. I'm, that's a bad analogy, but you have to forgive me. Now, um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, only a Because it talks about Yoshua and it says, before Elazar Kohen is going to stand, right? Um, who, Zemelech. When it says, so that, the person there is that's talking about Yoshua, right? And it's Vichol Benesa El Ito Ze Mashuach Milchama. That's talking about the the one who is anointed for Milchama for um for war. Vichol Aida Zosanajit. So the whole pasuk actually is um you know says Vilifne Lazar Konyamod Vishalob Mishpat Rim Vifnesh Alpivio Hu Vichol Benesel Ito Vichol Aida. So it says, according to his word, they will go out and come in, which means going out to war and coming in from war, right? So it says, who, meaning Yoshua, meaning uh, that comes to include also the Mashuach Milchama that goes out to war with them. And the whole community, that's the Sanhedrin, that they're allowed to uh, consult with the Urim Vitumim. The point is that the Urim Vitumim is only allowed to be used for national reasons, either by the king, by the Av Bedin. It can't just be used that you have a problem that you uh, you want to know where your keys are or something like that and you go ask the Urim Vitumim. It's not that. You have, yeah, it's not exactly. You can't, it's only now... Shaul, when he went to meet Shmuel, he's asking a Navi something. You could ask a Navi something, but that's not the Urim Vitumim. The Urim Vitumim was a specific institution, a national for national questions to be addressed, and that's why um, that's why the uh, it was controversial, so to speak, when David ends up coming into possession of a Kohen that has Urim Vitumim. 
when he's running from Shaul, because Shaul is the king. So how come David, uh, you know, has it? So that was part of the problem over there. But then we say, Hadran, Alach, Balo, Kohen, Gadol. And now we're going to get up to, starting Bezad Hashem tomorrow, the eighth parak of the Masechet, the final parak, which deals with actual Yom Kippur observance of today, the fast of Yom Kippur. So it's all the Halachalim Maaseh, basically. So everything that we learned up till now is relevant for us when we read the Musaf of Yom Kippur to be able to follow the Avodah, we'll understand what's going on a lot better now that you learned this. You'll be familiar with it and it'll be recognizable. Now we're going to talk about the Halachot that pertain to the observance of Yom Kippur today, specifically the fast and all of the different ro- laws and rules pertaining to that. So that's going to be, be Bezrat Hashem in the 8th parish.